we desire to know God more, we will see his goodness. We're created to reflect and embody his goodness. And we can't do that without getting to know him more and his grace. There you go. That's the message all boiled down. We can all go home and have coffee now. (laughs) But seriously, a couple of years ago, I think it was back at the start of 2020, um, the elders were, were praying and seeking God and... We really believe that the Lord was highlighting three, three values or three key areas that were part of the DNA of this church, three key areas of discipleship that we needed to focus on. And uh, you've probably heard us talk about these words before, freedom, journey, wisdom. Um, but with freedom, he not only wants us to know what living in freedom looks like, but he actually wants us to experience it, what it's like to walk in increased freedom. And sometimes, for many of us, that can actually involve some dismantling of mindsets and beliefs about God that has seeped in to our lives and our thinking and has actually distorted the image of him. And because we're created in the image of God, if we have a distorted image of him, it can often then distort the image of ourselves. And the other word was journey. And uh, we talked a lot about this one, but um, it's really about accepting that we are on a journey of learning to trust him and how much grace and mercy and compassion he shows to us while we're trying to do that. And when we know that for ourselves, it's also about accepting that those around us are also on their own journey. And we need to extend that same grace and kindness and mercy to them because we've all embarked on this journey from different life experiences and with different struggles but understanding that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And I just want to take a look at um, Romans 2, verse 4, where it says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that it is his kindness intended to turn you from your sin. It's God's goodness that changes our lives. It's his kindness and his mercy. It's not our works or striving. But as we journey, we need to know and we need to embrace wisdom because with the freedom and grace to understand that we're on this journey, there needs to be this growth in wisdom. And that wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit, comes from listening to the Holy Spirit. Romans 10 verse 17 says, Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Right, it's up there. 
And that was actually going to be my original topic on how to hear God's voice. And I'd mentioned it to, to Lawrence. And he said, great, you know, I just vaguely mentioned this was in my head. And then you're on the preaching roster. So be careful what you share with him. <laughs> But it was going to be my topic about how you can walk in a journey of wisdom and freedom if you can't hear God's voice. And I, I had this kind of strategy all mapped out. But as I began to jot down the notes and go down that track, um, and it was going to be quite, you know, almost like workshop style, um, I just felt the Holy Spirit was hijacking my plan. And, you know, how rude. God wants to say what he wants to say. Um, but he really wanted me to go down a different track first. And I believe the Holy Spirit was saying it's, it's not just about being able to hear his voice. It's actually listening to it. And I think the difference between hearing and listening is listening actually involves some kind of response on our part. Uh, for example, if you go to the doctors or, or any health professional, any professional really... Uh, but if you go with a health issue and they prescribe some medication and a course of treatment, I could hear what they say, but unless I actually listen to it and follow their advice, nothing is going to change. And so with this in mind, I began to rewrite my notes. So this was, you know, this was uh, probably Thursday, Friday. Uh, and I still was quite unsettled. Um, there was just this very quiet but very persistent little voice that kept nudging me. And uh, the Holy Spirit is very persistent. He's not pushy, but he's very persistent. And sometimes people have used that word to describe me. Uh, I actually like to think of the word as uh, I have perseverance. Um, my husband calls it a different thing. And... Um, but the Holy Spirit is persistent, and he doesn't give up. So I think I can take that as a godly quality, you know? I'm, I'm just going to claim that. But anyway, this persistent little voice kept nudging me and saying, in order for someone to listen to what I'm saying, they need to trust me, and they need to trust my character. And again, going back to the doctor, you wouldn't listen to their advice unless you trusted them and unless you knew they had your best interest at heart and what they were advising was best for you. So I talked, so this is version three. I finally gave up on Saturday morning and thought, okay, I'm just going to write. What, what do you want me to write about? So this is version three and it's called The Goodness of God. And I just want to give you a little bit of a testimony first. I spoke about, about freedom and how our images of God can get distorted. Um, and some of that is, it just kind of happens in life. But my own testimony, prior to uh, making a decision to follow Jesus, I believed in God, I believed in Jesus, but it was kind of this very, uh, my view of God was a very benevolent, kind character that maybe I would meet one day when I died. It was kind of on a cloud somewhere. It wasn't really relevant in my day-to-day -day life. 
But then I went along to hear Tony Campolo speak at El Rancho. This is like back in 1991, April 91, a long time ago. <laughs> Shows you how old I am. But anyway, um, there was a message preached and they may have had something in there about repentance of sin. I, I don't remember that. What I took away from that message was that God loved me, that I was special to him. And it was that that actually drew me into thinking, I could do with some of this. I want to make the decision to follow this person. I want to know more about him. So, but over time, and I'm not blaming any teaching because I think it's not only what we're taught. We can all hear a certain message, but it's what our imagination does with those words that can distort it. But I would say probably the first five years or so, somehow that image got changed from being this very benevolent, kind person to being quite a hard taskmaster. And I was constantly trying to be good. And and I thought, oh, you know, I did that prayer of repentance on that night. But what happens on day two when you do something wrong again? You know, how's that going to go? And um, I kind of had this view that if I didn't repent of everything that I'd done during the day, that, you know, that was it. And I think picking up on what Lauren said, you know, if you died tonight, uh, where would you go? And it it became quite fear-based. So um, I had this ridiculous prayer that I would recite every night before I went to bed, asking God to forgive me of the things I could remember. But then also I would say, oh, please forgive me for anything I've done, said, or thought, or felt you know, that I haven't covered off in the above. I was just kind of covering off all my bases. You're laughing, but I know other people have done this too. So, (laughs) fortunately, over time, that thinking was replaced with a better understanding of the character of God and the grace of God and the goodness of God. And also, um, scriptures like... um, He who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. That changing me was God's responsibility. And my responsibility was to listen to God's voice and trust in his goodness. I just want to take you over to Exodus. Exodus 33, verse 18 and 19. Then Moses said, please show me your glory. And God's reply was, I will make my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. For I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and show compassion on whom I will show compassion. So in here it has the word glory. And I don't know about you, but what what comes to mind when you hear that word glory? Maybe I've watched too many Hollywood movies, but the image that immediately comes to my mind is this, it's like from a, you know, old biblical epic movie, um, this intense bright light, um, and I can almost hear the soundtrack that goes with that, you know, da. But it's a a very interesting response that Moses asked to see God's glory and God actually agrees by saying 
he will show him his goodness. And he then goes on to say, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Moses wanted to see God in a way that was beyond anything he'd ever experienced to that point in his life. And I think we can all agree that Moses had seen God move in ways that we have just not experienced. He'd not only had a ringside seat to see miracle after miracle, but he'd also been used by God as a vessel to bring those miracles about. But he's saying he wants more. He wants to see more. And I began to press in and and just do some research. And I never come across this version before, but I came across um, what's considered to be one of the earliest Greek translations of the Old Testament from the ancient Hebrew that is still around today. And in this verse, it's actually translated without the word for, a word for glory, but instead it uses the pronoun. I'll just try and pronounce it correctly. It's, it's pronounced... Say or to, which means yourself. So instead of glory, if you substitute the word say or to, or in English, yourself, show me your real self, show me the real you. Moses was saying, I've seen you in, I've seen you in a burning bush, I've seen your miracles, but I want to see the real you. And whilst God has said it's impossible for him to fully comprehend all the nature of God, he will let him see his goodness, which is the sum of his nature, his character, his kindness, his mercy, his compassion, his forgiveness, his love, his grace. Those things are God's character, his goodness. So now while you're just digesting that, I want to take you back to Genesis, Genesis 1 verse 26. I've actually noticed the, I was looking back over my previous notes to try and gauge how long to speak for and I noticed that I've always ended up going back to Genesis Um, and I think that's there's something that I've heard mentioned called the law of or the principle of first mention, which means when something is mentioned in the Bible for the first time, it's often mentioned in a very simple format, uh, but it helps us understand the original meaning and the original context for how it's used later on. We see all through Genesis that God refers to everything he's created as being good or very good. And when he creates human beings, he looks at them and says they were very good. So in Genesis 1 verse 26, God says, Then let's make human beings in our image to be like us. 
So we were created to live in the goodness of God. Remember, every time God created something, he said it was good. So we were designed to live in the goodness of God. But we're also designed to reflect the character of God, which is the goodness of God. We were created to embody the goodness of God. We were created in the image of God to be kind, to be merciful, to be compassionate, to be generous, gracious, loving beings. That describes God's given design for our life and where peace reigns in our life. Even if you believe that your life isn't fully manifesting that image, our lives are still a testament to God's goodness. The fact that we are imperfect, but his grace and mercy and love and kindness and forgiveness, he shows that to us. So our life can still be that to others even if we feel we're walking imperfectly. We can, sh- we can say, yes, I'm imperfect, but the character of God is good. We're going to take communion in just a second. But I just want to go back to those... Um, my bullet points for Glenn. I hope that from this you will have that the desire to know God more and his goodness, his character. You will have a better understanding that we were created to reflect and embody his goodness and a realisation that we can't do it on our own, that it is about getting to know him more. I just ask that you put up Psalm 23 again. Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is never going to stop pursuing you. I mentioned earlier on, He's persistent. doesn't matter where you go. He is pursuing you. And he is faithful. His unfailing love endures forever. Father God, I thank you that you are so faithful and so good. That your goodness is running after us. It is pursuing us with your mercy and your love and your kindness. That you are like the father who, when he sees his son a distant way off, he doesn't wait for the son to get to him. He 
runs towards them. And Father, despite all of our messiness, Lord, you run towards us with open arms and you embrace us. And you call us your children. Lord, we thank you that you paved the way for us through the cross. We thank you that your blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And that your body was given and sacrificed so that we might be healed and be brought into wholeness. Lord, let us spend our days running towards you as you run towards us. Let our mindsets be where we want to see more of you. We want to see the true you. And let all distorted images just fall away so that we can see you more clearly. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm.